The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to our podcast series. This is uh, Julian Martinez. I'm the interim pastor here at Fellowship. I'm sitting here with Daniel Ward, our student pastor, who uh, just gave us a great sermon wrapping up our sermon series, We Are Fellowship. Right? Did you enjoy that series? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. That was a great, great series. So we are actually on location uh, in Arlington, Texas. We've brought a group of students here to... Um, to work what's called Mission Arlington. It's a program they go out and they do Bible clubs and apartment complexes and we're sitting in a van right now. The kids do all the work and so we're kind of waiting on them to do their thing. So if you hear doors open or kids running around, that's that's kind of what's going on. Uh, so anyways, I think this series, and like I said, we're wrapping it up. That was the last sermon of We Are Fellowship of a four-week series on Acts chapter 2. Um, what, what what do you think was your favorite part of this series, Daniel? For me, it was just kind of refocusing ourselves on what we should be about. Because uh, I really believe like fellowship is was has been on the just this precipice of something great, and a series like this just kind of helps refocus our hearts, refocus our minds on who we're supposed to be as the body. And so I think that was it was great at doing that. This text that we've been studying, Acts chapter two, focusing on what the early church was, and then hopefully. You know, God speaking to our hearts and changing us to make us look more like that early church and who he wants us to be. And so I think it's been a great text uh, to do that. And uh, I've heard a lot of encouraging words from people that they've enjoyed the series and that it's really impacted them. And so I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, I think for me also, you know, getting to preach some of these things is, uh, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm big into, you know, Bible exposition. So are you. Mm-hmm. And, and the first sermon i got to preach on the foundation being the word of god you know like mm-hmm. i love that because i i didn't grow up being like a nerd a book nerd but when it comes to the bible i'm kind of that way yeah. like i love to study it and love to look into theology and probably all the other theological discussions that nobody cares about i geek out on that stuff so to encourage our church to like to to keep the word of god as a foundation because that's what god wants that was that was fun for me and also, you know, obviously that that sermon with the video that was so powerful, like, right. you know, the text and then the video, it did all the work for me. You know, it yeah. was just so easy to to piggyback on that. And God definitely moved that morning. Um, but uh, how about your sermons? What did you think about some of the, the Christ-centered community and uh, wrapping it up? Yeah, yesterday? I really enjoyed it with the Christ-centered community because like we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, fellowship's been home for me and to be able to talk about how that community has impacted my life. And, and you know, I want that for people in our church that are just kind of on the fringe and attending. I want them to, to, to realize that if they get involved, it just radically change their life. And then also, like I said uh, yesterday, for people in our community, if we can get them brought into uh, our Christ Center community of fellowship, it would just radically change their lives, their marriages, the way that their family dynamic is and, and their priorities and all, you know, just everything about their lives that would radically change it. And so um, that was a meaningful sermon for me. And then yesterday, just being able to wrap that up and, and being able to look uh, 
at the the fruit, the result of, of living the way that we're supposed to be living as a church. That, that, that we're going to be an attractive church. We're going to be a fruitful church. And man, I, I'm I'm excited to see what God has planned for for our church's future. And uh, being able to preach that text, knowing that that if we're doing it the right way, that that's what our future is going to going to hold. We're gonna we're gonna have favor with men, and we're gonna be a, a church that bears fruit. And so I'm excited about what God has in store for fellowship in the future. Yeah, kind of following up on that. So um, yesterday's sermon, you had two points. And the very first point was that the church was attractive. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sitting there and thinking about some of these podcast podcast questions, um, you know, we're we're in preacher world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we 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 some of our buddies have different do church differently than we do and we like going over there and seeing how they run mm-hmm. their lights or their projectors and you you talked about church being attractive and is there is there this uh danger that the kind of attractive you were talking about gets kind of mixed up with the kind of attractive everybody else thinks about like the lights and the show and the big church atmosphere can, can you kind of you know what do you think about that yeah, so I think that let me say this first. Like, I can, I easily can fall into that trap too, right? Because you see all these churches that are they do have a really good marketing program, they do have a really good Facebook presence, they do have really cool lights and projection and, and all the stuff, and 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 it's easy to get wrapped up into that and to start to think that if you do that, they'll come. Like like the movie said, if you build it, they'll come, kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and, and you start kind of getting focused on those things, thinking that that's what will grow your church. And, and I'm not, I'll, none of those things are bad. I mean, we have lights on the stage. We have a Facebook presence that we mm-hmm. try to maintain. And, and, and none of those things are bad. And I don't even think it's bad for us to to even like pay attention to those things. But I do think that it's bad if that ever becomes the priority. And if in our minds that it ever becomes our method of growth. Because mm-hmm. you can grow that way. I mean, churches sure. do it, right? Yeah. But, but the problem is is they're not growing the right way. They're just getting people in. And, and a lot of times what that does is if you're the cool church in town, then you just end up with transfer growth. You oh, got yeah. you know you got a family who, who likes to bounce from church to church, whatever the coolest, hippest church is in town. And whatever one's really like looks cool on Facebook and catches their eye, that's the one that they want to go to. We're not in this to have transfer growth. Sure. I mean, if people want to come to fellowship, great. We want them to be part of our team. If they want to catch our vision and be part of what we have going on, all for it, but we're not we're not seeking transfer growth. I'm not looking to steal people from First Baptist Nederland or, or some of these other churches in our area. That's, yeah. That doesn't help us. What I want to do is is see our church go for new disciples. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said yesterday, what what's attractive for people is not going to be those things. Those things are good, and people will even maybe like those things. But ultimately, what's going to really be attractive and give us favor with men is when we live in genuine faith when people can see that Christ has really changed our lives when our marriages like I said are different when how we raise our kids are different when the way that we talk is different the way we spend our money people start to see that and they notice that and when tragedy strikes in their life they're gonna to come to you and say you obviously got this figured out what is what's the difference mm. and I think that gives us an opportunity to be attractive in that moment yeah I think you know I've come up in ministry understanding the attractiveness as being what we were just talking about, the dangers of all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I think our churches in America feel like 
that's what church is or that's what church should look like right Right. especially for a lot of our young families like you said the most hip church or you know they, they they got all the cool stuff going on and and or the cool kids programs or the cool youth programs mm-hmm. and uh and for a while i was even guilty of that of thinking that this is how you grow a church you get all kinds of people in the door like um this is a little off top- off topic but easter you remember a couple years ago we started rethinking Easter. Yeah. Even at Fellowship. Right, right. So we've always had this understanding like Easter's our biggest day. We're going to get so many people come in and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the next week we're right back to where we were. Yeah, it's like the most depressing week of the year because <laughs> Easter you'll have like double your attendance. Yeah. And then the, the very following Sunday you'll have right back to where you were or less often. Yeah, we'll run 450 on Easter. Well, we usually run 200 in our sanctuary. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, I, if you remember, a couple of years ago, we started kind of on the drawing board, like, we need to rethink Easter because right. it's just another day. And if we're not doing this, like, in a spiritual sense, you know, why does it matter to us? Instead of a big show sense, like a drama or mm-hmm. different lights. I mean, heck, a couple of years ago, we redid the whole entire sanctuary in seven days because Easter morning, everybody right. came in and it was the big screen and the lights and whatnot. Right. And so uh, it, it, it's this fear that or it's this understanding rather that uh, that this is what it takes. And I, Jerry Thorpe always said something that I just have always remembered and thought it was genius. He said, we treat we treat evangelism like a hunter who hunts deer sitting in his recliner with his gun and as soon as that deer kicks the door open he's gonna get him <laughs> right yeah and it and i always thought that resonated so smart because like that's not what evangelism is right, right. evangelism isn't build this big church and this big program and people will come because one of the things that I realized was even when we had big days, some of our people, and I was guilty too, aren't talking to these new people. Mm. And so even the model we were running, bring them and they will come. Nobody was talking to them. Nobody was evangelizing them anyways. And it's like, well, that's a waste. So uh, so I'm with you. I think the attractiveness really is the life change, right? Right. All the people that have shared and seen the video of the Gonzalez's life change. Right. And we've had people message us and uh, Jose has even had people calling him and texting him and, you know, now asking how, how did that happen for you? That's attractive. Right. Right. That a genuine change can come and it can, and it can turn what is spiritually dead and make it alive. Right. Right. That's attractive. And I agree with you that we should focus more on that. And all the program has to happen. Right. We live in this culture. Right. The culture of America right now is the way church looks. And then we can take that and make it what church ought to be. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that uh, multiple times about how we live in this culture that, that church looks the way it looks. But at the same time, we need to start weaving in scriptural ways of, of, of doing, you know, there's methods, mm-hmm. but then there's like, this is what the Bible says. And so we need to be doing what the Bible says. And then the method thing we can do however we want. If we want to have, you know, a, a big screens and lights and all that, there's nothing anti-biblical about having those things. Right. It's, it's just, that can't be our focus. Mm. 
And so we, our focus as a church, our, our DNA, our culture of who we are has to be outwardly focused. Mm. When we start to focus on ourselves, we start to focus on, you know, growing ourselves. And that's churches very much become that often is, is that we get real wrapped up in the programs that we have and how many Bible studies have we done over the years that, you know, that we just ingested all this Bible, but, but if we're not going out and doing something with it, then what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? We have to be going out and be outwardly focused and, and, and making disciples. That's our, that's that's who we say we are. That's our, our mission statement, making and maturing disciples. And that's not done on Sunday mornings as much as it's going to be done on Thursday night at your house when you invite a couple over and right. you start sharing your faith. That's, yeah. that's when you're going to be making disciples. And so uh, that would be, again, that's the encouragement of the Sermon Sunday. That's the, the encouragement. Uh, today is that, that that's who we become as a church because that's what we see biblically of what the model should look like. Yeah, so so it, it becomes attractive, and then your your point following that, which I thought made perfect sense, is if this is attractive, and and God has blessed, then the church will be fruitful, right? Right. The verse said, and God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Right. Uh, and so my next question would be. Uh, if if this is the way God works it, He's given us this model of how to do church and says it will be successful. Why why do churches struggle so much to get people in the door? Like there's a, a statistic out there, and I don't don't hold my feet to the fire on this because I don't know how accurate it is, but everybody says it. It's like American churches run about a hundred people, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, why do you do you feel like do you feel what's your opinion on that that even at fellowship right we've been running the same amount of people for a really long time uh and if and if we are to be fruitful as a church and god should add to our numbers why don't we see that as much today as they did in the first church i think it's because again we're not the model's been skewed we're not been doing it the right way we we've we've very much been inwardly focused mm. as a church culture as a whole. I do think that, um, even at fellowship some, I think that that's been the case, um, where we've, we've focused on ourselves and, in and programs and, and, and there's just this one, there's this reality that we're not burdened for the loss if we're honest, mm. right? If it, how, how often do we think in a day about lost people? Yeah. Do we, do we think about, you know, the neighbor that's next to us that many of us probably have never even talked to our neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they may be lost. They may not know Christ. And, and are we burdened for that? Right. Are we burdened for the, our coworkers? Do we, do we really, because if, if we believe the gospel, then we should be burdened, right? If sure. we, if we believe that the reality of the gospel is this, that apart from Christ, people will spend eternity apart from God in hell. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the gospel, right? Yeah. That the, 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 the only way that people can come to know Christ and spend eternity with him is through a relationship with Christ through surrendering their life to Jesus and, 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 you know, uh, repenting of their sin. And so if we really believe that, then why would we not be burdened for, for the loss? Why would we not mourn the fact that people are, are living their lives apart from Christ and they don't have the abundant life that Christ has promised? Wouldn't we mourn that? We would, we would, we should not, I've talked about Sunday lost people are not our enemies yeah and, and and when we look at a morally corrupt society we shouldn't think ugh, those people <laughs> right yeah man we what is what does that say about our heart if that's ever our attitude yeah man because because we're only 
sanctified because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If, if we're morally upright at all, it's it's surely because Jesus did that in our lives. And so we should never be prideful about that. We should we should mourn the fact that people are lost and, and love them and show them the love of Christ. I mean, Jesus, look at the people that Jesus spent time with. Yeah. Look at the woman caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. He didn't think, oh, <laughs> there's there's a sinner. People around him did. Exactly. The, the religiously yeah. elite at that point were like, oh my gosh, this lady is is horrible, right? But but Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mm. And so I think if that, that needs to become our attitude, one, I think that's part of the reason sometimes we don't we don't really mourn the fact that people are, are lost. We don't think about lost people. And then two, I think a bigger part of it often is we're unwilling to do the work. Yeah. We get so wrapped up in, in our own selves because life is busy, right? Yeah. I mean, you got your kids are in sports, you're you've got work and you come home and you're exhausted, you gotta cook and you gotta I mean you just got all this stuff going on. And what I think that says about us is that our priorities are messed up. Mm-hmm. Because if if it, making disciples isn't the priority, then then our priorities priorities are messed up. When all these other things become more important than loving Jesus and loving others, and in the, the result of that, making disciples, then, then then our priorities are all kinds of skewed. And I think that's the problem with the church today, is that we've gotten our priorities mixed up. We've become too much like the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. Our lives look just like the rest of the culture as far as how we spend our time. And so uh, we've, we've just gotten our focus off. And, and I think we excuse it away and say, well, you know, i got to do these things. I'm busy and i got this stuff going on. Right. But all that means is that your priorities are messed up, if, if we're honest. That's what that means. Yeah. Do you think that there's been this, like, lack of leadership? Meaning, um, like, look at it this way. Like, if Christ has come and made a difference in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. He's radically changed my life. And we've talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit, how different we are. And, right. you know, I share some of the same history Jose did, but you right. didn't. Right. However, he radically changed our lives. Right. And, I, and, and, and then there becomes to, in my opinion, there gets this comfortable zone. Like, man, Christ has done so much for me. I'm a better person. You know, I'm more financially stable. I'm raising my kids in a great environment. And then... Uh, I almost think of it as like someone wishing they could win the lottery just to help other people out, right? Yeah. Like there's so much need in the world. There's so much poverty. If I could just win this $500 million, I would be spreading it like crazy and, 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 and ending some of this stuff. But then they win that lottery and boy, all those toys they're buying mm-hmm. starts taking up a lot of their mm-hmm. time. And, and then they, they really don't want to part with some of that money. And so it becomes right. real comfortable to where they're like, well, I'll give when I can. But, you know, I'm going to focus now on, on making my life a little better because mm-hmm. I've worked so hard. Now I deserve this. Right? right. Do you think like that's the mentality we have? Like Christ has saved us and now we live this good life in him. And we don't so much recognize that other people need that, too. Yeah, maybe we get, you know, li- we start living in the fruit of our salvation mm. and enjoying the the closeness that we have with Christ. That we forget about the fact that there's still people out there that need rescuing. Yeah, I mean, there's people everywhere. I mean, we're sitting in this van right now in, in a very impoverished area, <laughs> and I just, I mean, yeah. we're seeing people walk by, and I'm just, I'm thinking like these are these people may not know Christ, and and our kids, our students are in this apartment complex right now, sharing the gospel. They gave a week of of spring break to be able to do this, and so it's just like. 
once you start doing it, you get excited about oh, it, yeah. right? Once you yeah. get refocused on, on your priorities and your purpose, because like I talked about Sunday, this is our purpose. This is what God redeemed us for. Mm-hmm. He didn't redeem us for us to just soak in, in the goodness of, of, of what he's done for us. That's a part of, it, of course, but we should be going out, pushing away from the table and going out and, and serving and making disciples and loving people. And, and like I said, Sunday, it requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of sacrifice, and if it's if it's not a sacrifice for you, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. Because it's going to require you to give up some time. It may require you to not sign your kids up for as many sports. Sure. It may require you not to, uh, you know, to, to give up a night of rest. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's what that's what this life is supposed to be about. That's that's what our that's what we were we were redeemed for. We weren't redeemed to just live in the culture, mm. just like everybody else. Yeah. That's not redemption. Redemption is that God repurposed us for his glory, for his kingdom, and, and so that we can serve him and be used by him. And, and like I said Sunday, it's it's a get-to kind of thing. It's not a have-to thing. Right. It's that, that God gives us this purpose so we don't have to wander around and, and wonder what life is all about, what's the meaning of life, what's the purpose of life. We have it. Yeah. Christ gave it to us. He said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. And so that, that abundant life is found in this. Every year... At Mission Arlington, the kids get so, like, wrapped up in, in, in what we're doing here, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel. They get so excited about it. And you can tell it just it really changes their life. And, and we kind of get together at night and kind of debrief. And every year I talk about the fact that this is the Christian life. Yeah. That this isn't just a week of your life every year. This is what the Christian life should be. This is what it should look like at home. Yeah. That... that it said daily they were meeting together. They weren't just meeting together and hanging out. They were living on mission daily. They were, they were Their focus was making disciples daily. And so that's, again, that's the abundant life. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, I like what you said there. I picked up on you said, you know, we have to sacrifice rest. And uh, we were talking the other day about the, the elderly lady that runs Mission Arlington. What's her name? Uh, Miss Tilly. Miss Tilly. Miss Tilly, And yeah. you were saying how uh, some people come in complaining that they got to sleep on the floor or that there's no showers and yeah. and here they're like none of that matters yeah, like don't care. complain because you're on mission yeah. you know and i feel sometimes like god looks at us and thinks this is not time of rest yeah this is time of work right like we get to rest when we're in heaven right and god has prepared a place for us and 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 that's our that's our focus we're getting there yeah. but this time while we're on earth there is no rest we're constantly having to to do what Christ has commanded us to do because this is the only time we have to do it. She said today she called us in a meeting, all the leaders, uh, a leader from each group to to kind of talk about where we were going and what go over some rules and stuff. And she she was talking about that their main focus as Mission Arlington is consistency. Mm. And uh, she said, she said, you can say anything you want about Mission Arlington. We've made mistakes over the years, but you can't ever say that we're not consistent. And what she said was if 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 a Sunday morning, because there there were churches meet in the apartments on Sunday mornings at eleven, she right. said, if a Sunday morning at eleven is on Christmas, in the snow, we're still going to be in that apartment complex wow. sharing the love of Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, many of us would be like, well, you know, it's it's Christmas, it's yeah. snowing. We're not going to have church today. We're, we're going to cancel church day, <laughs> right? It's raining. It's raining. How many times <laughs> have we done that? You know. And so, yeah. like for her, she's like, no, we're going to be consistent. 
and, and sharing the gospel and loving people in these in these communities. And, and so it, that, that spoke, spoke volumes to me because, you know, in my mind, it's like, well, it's Christmas and, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should cancel and let people have time with their families. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like we get, we, we, we really get inwardly focused and, and we, we forget that we need to be willing to work that, that like Jesus said, he looked out on the crowd, he had compassion and he said, Hey, there's, there's a lot of work here. Yeah. But we don't have a whole lot of workers, mm. and so we need more people like Miss Tilly who are willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to sacrifice Christmas time. I'm willing to sacrifice every Sunday at this specific time so that I can serve in this community. Or, you know, that's what it looks like for her. But for us, it looks like a Thursday night, or a Wednesday, or a Wednesday night, or a Tuesday night, or a Saturday, or whatever it looks like when you invite people over, or you're intentional about going places and building relationships mm-hmm. in order to share the gospel. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, I think for the listeners out there, um, you know, if you haven't read through the entire book of Acts, go ahead and do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Acts chapter 2 is just the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see, like, they were in prison. They were beaten. Paul was beaten a couple times, left for dead. I thought he was dead. I mean, they just left him there for the buzzards, and he was still alive. And uh, and it ends up with him at the end. He's dying. I mean, he's going to... He gets beheaded by Nero. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't mean to sound, uh, you know, like gloom or anything, but still, like, that's the Christian life. Yeah. Like... It's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. The very and, next chapter, in chapter 3, Peter and John get thrown in jail because they're sharing the gospel. And yeah. they, healed, they healed a man. Yeah. And, and a lame man. And then they get thrown in jail. And then the guys are like, well, I guess we can't really do anything because obviously what they did was real. And the, and the change that took place was real. So we can't really do, you know, immediately after this, there's, there's sacrifice. And so, I mean, that's just part of it. That's what the Christian life is like. Christ sacrificed for us yeah. and in return that should, and again, it's not about changing your behavior. It's, it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. Mm-hmm. The natural response to salvation should be sacrifice for our King. Yeah, that's that's just great. And like I said, go read the book of Acts if you haven't done that, and uh, and and try to apply that to your life. And I know that we try to do that, you know, keep each other accountable that way. Yeah. Um, this has been a great series. Um, I love these podcasts we've been doing. We're going to keep doing them every Monday or you know Tuesday, mm-hmm. whatever day we have right after the sermon. Um, we we have a lot of cool stuff coming up, so you do not want to miss a minute. Uh, the next three weeks are going to be special. Um, and then we have Easter coming up, uh, passion week. I'm so excited for passion week. We talked about Easter being more spiritually focused and we want people to commit to be there, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so we can get our hearts right. So we can get back on focus of why Christ did what he did for us and then have a great Easter. We're going to have the door to door passing out, uh, cards March 28th and April 4th. Um, if you're listening, you don't want to miss any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah Easter is a celebration of the resurrection, and it's it's not a celebration of that white bunny. <laughs> and, and so, you want to you want to celebrate the white bunny with your family? Go for it. I don't, I don't, that's whatever. But but let's let's make sure that we we're celebrating with the right focus. That the Easter is a, a celebration of the resurrection and what that means for us as believers, because we wouldn't be here without that. Yeah. I mean that that's that is ultimately what has brought us life and so we want to we want to celebrate it big this year not just on sunday but we're going to celebrate it all all four of those days wednesday thursday friday and then on sunday with a big bang and so yeah again be sure that you're here 
plan, plan to be here for those that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. I promise you it will be meaningful to you. It's not just us getting together just to get together. Mm-hmm. There, there's focus. There's, there's, there's purpose behind it. We, we've really prayed and thought through it, and, and we, we want you to be there because we, not just because we want you to attend. Again, we want you to be there because we know that the Holy Spirit will move in your heart and move in your life and, again, prepare you to celebrate on Sunday for the resurrection. Yeah, so we are fellowship, right? That was the series we just finished, but and I don't, I don't want to ruin the surprise for Sunday. But uh, but if if you like that, we are fellowship. That's going to be us going forward. Yeah, right. That that should be our saying. Everybody's been hashtagging it, throwing it out there on social media. We like it. Yeah. Uh, it was just a little sermon series, but we like it. We yep. like it so much that you're going to see why and how much we liked it on Sunday. Yeah. So you don't want to miss that. But um, but like I said, we are fellowship. Let's 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 all dig in and commit ourselves to doing what Christ has had us do. And I promise you that God will be fruitful. And so uh, th- this will this will be it for today. Uh, keep us in prayer. Keep our kids in prayer as they are spreading the gospel throughout these apartment complexes. And uh, we will see you guys on Sunday. Yeah, have a blessed day. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.